0: You know, there's so many more things he does than just score. But defensively, he played got a lot of different guys, did really well. You need games like that from your best, guys like Chris. So, is a hell of an effort by him. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
1: Sometimes I reference my favorite TV shows, and sometimes there's good examples in a sitcom or in a movie or something or, or whatever, like real-life examples for music or movies or TV, and you can apply them to sports, right? Sometimes I bring up the show House. I love that show. I also think watching it at a really young age helped create a fear of doctors and hospitals that I wouldn't have today otherwise, but that's a different, that's a different conversation. I love House for lots of reasons, but I think one of the big reasons I love that show is he would always get into predicaments, ethical ones, medical ones, whatever, and you just want to see how he would weasel out of it. Like, you know he's going to come out on top, like, oh, new dean at the hospital wants to shake things up and House is on the chopping block. He'll find a way, and he always did, and he always does until, you know, he didn't, which is like when the show gets really real. But I liked House. Because you would get in these situations where you're like, all right, let's 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 see how you deal with this. That's been today with the NFL. We're not going to talk about it a lot tonight unless you want to call in and, and discuss it. Then I'll more than happy to talk about it with you. Maybe we'll get into it tomorrow. But the NFL suspended Calvin Ridley next year for the whole season because, as we learned today, he was gambling on games last year when he wasn't playing. Remember, he took some of the season off for mental health issues or, or just he needed to get right, so he stepped away from the team. Well, I guess he was gambling. And the NFL is going to suspend him for a year. This is so fascinating to me because more so than ever before, the NFL takes so much sponsorship money from FanDuel and DraftKings and BetRivers and BetMGM and Caesars. And now they're going to suspend one of their players for it. (laughs) Like, sure, the CBA kicks money to the players from those advertising dollars that come from those gambling entities. So the players benefit from it. But then Calvin Ridley wants to lay, as he tweeted, 1500 bucks when he wasn't playing and you're going to suspend him for a year. I just, I want to see how the NFL gets out of this from a PR standpoint. They'll do nothing and we'll move on. Uh, but I'm very entertained to watch uh, and very excited to see what happens. That was the news this afternoon. No Rogers news yet. Maybe tomorrow. Check back tomorrow. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an excellent weekend. Bummer of a Badger game yesterday. That was like a little bit of a fart out of a balloon that that let a little air out of the balloon of excitement so that's dunk but the bucks got a great win i want to talk about that still no rogers news maybe tomorrow although i'm done trying to like pick apart and interpret all of these cryptic messages and repetitive reports from domofsky and Rappaport. just just when, when you decide whatever you're deciding just let me know i'm not I'm not chasing it down anymore. So we're going to talk a little baseball tonight. Not about CBAs and the collective balance tax and that. I. It sounds like maybe they put some rule changes in. Now, that's interesting to me. I don't want to talk about millionaires fighting with billionaires, but if they're going to change the rules of a game that I really, really love in baseball, let, let's talk about that. That's interesting. We're going to do that in about a half hour, and I think we'll get back to it in the second half of the show as well. I want to start with the Bucks, and if you'd like to join me, you can. 608 796 twitter at wisco grant now the badgers losing yesterday that's tough the reaction kind of perplexes me well well it it, it doesn't it doesn't they already won a big 10 title last week at least a share of the title now they they lost half of that share yesterday to illinois but in my mind they were already big 10 champs we celebrated it i get why people are frustrated by getting beaten by nebraska at home but also johnny davis didn't play in the second half and the computers already don't like Wisconsin. I don't think this is going to trash them in seating or anything. I, well, whatever. Because the Badgers situation is a little complicated, I've made the executive decision as the host and only producer of the show. I want to start with the Bucks today. They beat the Suns yesterday. And I want to remind you, I want to take you back to last Monday when everyone, everyone launched their Bucks Concern campaign. Every local show around the state was like, is it time to start worrying about the Bucks? Are you starting to feel concerned over the Bucks' chances to win in the playoffs and win a title? And it wasn't just local shows. One of my favorite podcasts, the Bill Simmons podcast, this was the description from last Monday's show. Harden's re-rejuvenation and the NBA Saboteur Hall of Fame with Ryan Rossillo. Description. The Ringers Bill Simmons is joined by Ryan Rossillo to discuss Harden's debut in Philly, officially worrying about the Bucks and Miami's potential, before chatting about when to unleash Ben Simmons, blah, 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 blah. Bill Simmons. One of the biggest NBA pods in the country, in the world, whatever. One of the biggest ones. It's like, it's time to worry about the Bucks. Well, since last Monday, when everyone launched that campaign, they beat the brakes off of the Hornets by 24. They beat the number one seed at Heat. And they beat and covered against the number two Bulls in Chicago. They're not the number two seed anymore. But they took out the top seed, the second seed, one of those games on the road in Chicago, and they even covered in that game. Yesterday, they beat the best team in the NBA after... Starting a little slow, a little sluggish at home on a Sunday afternoon. And according to Buck's Twitter, at least what I read, the game was over before halftime. So I'm assuming a lot of you turned it off and gave up on the game based on your tweets, only to see later that they won. So I'm sorry, you missed an awesome game. And yes, I know the Suns didn't have Devin Booker. They didn't have Chris Paul. So we're not going to obsess over the result of that individual game yesterday. It was one game. We're looking for habits. We're looking to talk about players and things the team is doing well or poorly. Forget yesterday's game. I just want to talk about Chris Middleton. And I tweeted yesterday at Wisco Grant that today's show is just going to be two hours of appreciating Chris Middleton. Now, it's not going to be two full hours, but we're going to appreciate Chris Middleton today. Just in general, we're just going to appreciate him like you would talk about and appreciate your favorite book or your favorite album. Now, if you're not a Bucks fan or you're not a basketball fan, I think you'd be a part of this. This isn't an exclusive conversation. Let's just spitball about this for a sec, okay? This is what I was thinking about today. If you could build the perfect player for your team, if you could build your star player, your leading man on your team, think of your favorite sport. If it's not basketball, think of baseball, think of football, think of hockey, whatever. If you can build the perfect player for your team, where do you start? You can create your own player. Now, let's start big picture so we can involve multiple sports. And then at the very end, we can hone in on some basketball specific traits. Let's start. Number one thing I want for my guy, I want my guy to be available. I want him to be healthy. I don't want him to be fragile. I don't always want him to have nagging injuries. So even when he is playing, he doesn't look right. I want my guy to be available and I want him to be right. I want him to be tough. I don't want him injured. Well, since Chris Middleton got to Milwaukee in 2013, 2014, here are his games played. Ready? 82 of 82, 79 of 82, 79 of 82, 29 of 82. That's when he slipped on a wet spot at practice because the practice facility was leaking and he tore his hamstring clear off the bone. Comes back the next year, what does he do? Plays 82 of 82, plays 72 of 82, 62 of 73. That was the COVID-shortened year. And then the following year, started late due to the previous year. You know, you had back-to-back years that were short. 68 of 72 that next year. And that's just the regular season. Missing a playoff game? No, Chris, he he would never. Is that a joke? Chris Middleton doesn't miss time. And I don't say that to jinx him I just say that. We never talk about that. We obsess over, oh, Damian Lillard's back, Steph Curry's ankle, Anthony Davis's everything. Everything is always hurt. Chris Middleton's just there and available all the time. He's not the most flashy player. He doesn't maybe give you eye-popping highlights, but he's always there. And that's more than you can say for a lot of the best players, not just in basketball, but for every sport. I want my guy to be available. I also want my guy to be complete. If I'm investing money into my best player, my superstar, and he's going to be my franchise guy, sell jerseys, and lead my team, I don't want that star player to get relegated in certain situations. You know what I mean? If I'm paying a bunch of money to a really good baseball player, big hitter, big power hitter, he needs to hit righties and lefties. He doesn't need to excel against both, but he needs to hold his own. I can't have a halfway player, right? Or this player's only good when he has lineup protection behind him. No, 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 no. You need to stand on your own in all facets of the game right i want a baseball hitter who can hit righties and lefties i want my nfl quarterback to play great in the regular season and great in the the playoffs or in the nba i don't want a guy who gets buckets on one end and then is a complete and total liability on defense right i don't want my best player to be the player that the other team targets on the defensive end chris middleton six seven plays both ends. Hubie Brown said it multiple times in the broadcast yesterday. And I only had the audio for the game on for like half of it. Cause I watched a little bit of bar. I was working a little bit and had it on my phone and I had a busy day yesterday. I only heard the audio for half, maybe it maybe a third of yesterday's game. And Hubie Brown said it multiple times. Chris Middleton plays on both ends six, seven. So he's versatile can guard multiple positions, right? And if we're talking about complete being complete and being good in all scenarios, Chris Middleton might be better late in games in clutch situations or in the playoffs. Where some players are brilliant for 82 games, but if you put them in crunch time, especially in the postseason, you see some weaknesses exposed. Chris Middleton is the opposite. Next thing I want, I want my guy to be low maintenance. I want my superstar to be a we over me guy. I know that sounds corny, but some players, not just in basketball, but in all sports, some players invent ways to be difficult. Kyrie is one. Where From one year to the next, you're like, wait, he's, di- he's doing what now? And forget the vaccine stuff. Like, that's a personal choice. It's bad luck because if he played anywhere else in the country, I think other than Golden State or Toronto or just about, he'd be able to play in, let's say, 80% of markets, right? So it's it's a little bit of bad luck for Kyrie that he isn't vaxxed and also plays in Brooklyn. But Kyrie, outside of the vaccination thing, he just finds ways to be difficult. It's like, wait, he doesn't want to play at the Mecca because he thinks this is the actual floor from the 70s? Or he's burning sage around the court in Boston? Like, why... Where are you just coming up with these ideas to be difficult and to make it about you? James Harden. James Harden got fat and escaped a culture in Houston that he was complaining about that he created. He's like, the culture here is bad. It's like, dude, you are the culture there. He gets traded exactly where he wants to go, only to then be upset a year later and force his way out of there too. When has Chris Middleton ever done or said anything that isn't about the team. I wouldn't even know where to start looking like with Devontae Adams. I love him. I adore him. He's an excellent wide receiver. I'd want him on any team. But if you're like, all right, Grant, when's the one time that Devontae Adams made it about himself? I think, well, I don't think he ever has, but maybe in contract talks when he's talking about this or that, like maybe you could, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with Chris Middleton. I wouldn't even know where to start looking for an example of selfishness or narcissism, Right. Middleton is also a perfect compliment to Giannis. So that laid back, easygoing demeanor fits so well because he's a number two to a guy who's, is Giannis fiery? I think he is, but he he stays very calm in his demeanor. But Chris Middleton is a number two as a compliment to Giannis. That laid back demeanor fits so well. And since Giannis came up, right, let's talk about fit the way that Chris Middleton fits with Giannis and fit is so important in the NBA. Chris Middleton doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. So he doesn't detract from Giannis or Drew, right? Everybody talks about, oh, yeah, I want him to play off the ball, play off the ball. Well, have people just say that because it's a cliche and it makes him sound smart. Chris Middleton doesn't need the ball in his hand dribbling around all the time to get going. He can stand to the side. And he plays and moves well when he doesn't have the ball. He's great in the pick and roll. He's a really good passer. He's gotten so good at finding Giannis. In transition and under the hoop, he's a really good cutter and he makes himself available for catch-and-shoot jumpers. But he can also shoot off the dribble, but he doesn't have to. Because if Middleton needed to dribble the ball the whole game, well, now Giannis is standing around doing nothing. And he's not a huge threat on the catch-and-shoot. And And same with Drew. Drew can catch-and-shoot, but that's not his game. Middleton's fit is perfect with Giannis. It's perfect with Drew. Giannis gets volume stats. Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals for the whole game. Think of Shaq. Just overpowering, high volume, bombastic all the time. Giannis is a modern Shaq. And Shaq would get you through the game, but sometimes in the last couple of minutes, teams would double or triple team him. They'd foul him, put him on the line. Just because a center, it's tough to play through a center in crunch time. That's where Kobe excelled. That's where Kobe stepped up, hit really tough contested jumpers. That's what Chris Middleton does. Chris Middleton had 16 points in the fourth quarter yesterday. He had 14 alone in the final seven minutes. To put a bow on this, we're talking about Chris Middleton's personality traits. Check every box I want in a player on my team. His fit with Giannis checks every box that I want for a player to compliment my superstar, my Supermax guy in Giannis. To put a bow on this, and this is a question I keep coming back to. Is there a player in the NBA who would be a better compliment to Giannis? Is there one? I used to think Klay Thompson... But now he's been injured, and he's coming back off that injury. That's going to be a long process. He looks a little skinny. Defensively, he doesn't look quite the same. Like Kevin Durant, sure. But I feel like that's just a cop-out answer. Kevin Durant is so stupid good. Kevin Durant is basically Chris Middleton on steroids. So Kevin Durant, yes, would compliment Giannis very well, but he's also hurt all the time. Chris Middleton's never hurt. So you'd get a little bit better offense, a little bit more consistent offense from Middleton to Durant, But now Giannis is probably going to play a lot of games without help because Kevin Durant tends to miss time. Chris Middleton, knock on wood again, not trying to jinx him, doesn't. Is there a player in the NBA that more perfectly fits personality-wise, demeanor-wise, skill set-wise? I know it sounds nuts, but I don't know that there's a slam dunk answer. Steph Curry would be great, yeah. Okay, well, now Steph Curry doesn't defend, right, because he's small. Not because he's not willing, but because he's small. Chris Middleton, 6'7". I don't know that there's a more perfect player to compliment Giannis, and I don't know if you could design the personality and the demeanor and just the overall attitude of a player that I would further want on my team more than Chris Middleton. He's perfect. Checks every box. Yesterday, he had 44, and it was a joy to watch him cook, as always. I went to that Bucks kings game back in January. It was the evening of the Packers-Niners game. So we went to the Bucs game, then we went to watch a bar to watch the Packers game. Chris Middleton, I think, had 34 in that game. And I checked the box score at the end. I was like, holy balls, he had 34? How? Because it's just so easy. And we're going to hear a little bit from Drew Holiday, a little bit from Kevin Durant. I went back and found some quotes of not just his teammate, Drew Holiday, but someone who Kevin Durant's known about, Chris Middleton, all the way back to college, but played with him on some Olympic teams, and his comments about Chris were really interesting. Sometimes I think to best understand and appreciate somebody and how they do something, you need to hear from someone who also does that thing. So, if you want to really learn about an artist, ask another artist. If you want to learn about a singer, ask another singer. If you really want to understand and appreciate fully a basketball player, maybe you have to ask another basketball player. So, I want to hear from Kevin Durant, Drew Holiday. We're going to keep talking bucks and keep appreciating Chris Middleton. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network
1: wisco sports show my name is grant bills i hope your week is off to a good start we have some bucks excitement uh maybe a rogers announcement looming this week maybe uh the badgers were let down yesterday although i'm not gonna dwell on it my mother actually texted me today uh, because my mother forces herself to listen every night. Uh, she's like, can you not maybe be mean to the Badgers tonight? Maybe take it easy on them. Like, it was a really fun season. Like, don't. I, I think what she thought was I was going to come in and whine and complain about how the Badgers. all oh, we're so good all year. And then you fell at the finish line. I'm actually not that upset about the Badgers game yesterday. I'm going to be honest. They locked down that Big Ten title against Purdue. Johnny Davis got hurt. I just And I see a lot of people, well, this is going to hurt you in seeding. The computers haven't loved Wisconsin all season. I I don't think one loss to Nebraska, which I believe to be really their only bad loss all season. I don't think one loss to Nebraska is going to kill them in the Ken Palm because they're not already that good in the Ken Palm. Can we calm down on the Badgers just a little bit? Maybe you disagree. And you know what? If you do, great. I'll I'll take your perspective. I'd love to talk about it. 608-796-2558. But the way I saw that game, I just, I, I didn't feel motivated to, Come on the show today and complain about them. I want to talk a little bit about the Bucks and how great Chris Middleton was yesterday, and we've started doing that already. I actually want to talk a little bit about baseball because it seems like there's going to be some changes made to the game. A pitch clock, bigger bases, banning of the shift. John Heyman actually reported these things as basically a done deal. Like the players in the League have agreed. Now, I'll believe that when I see it, but that's interesting to me because you're fundamentally structurally changing the way how baseball is played. If the owners get you know, really lit up through a competitive balance tax or a, you know, essentially a luxury tax. Okay. That's their issue. That's not a me issue. The game that I'm watching doesn't change, right? If the players get to arbitration sooner, that's good for them. They make more money. Maybe it changes how contracts are dealt and how teams operate a little bit, but that doesn't change the product on the field that I'm watching a pitch clock, no shift. Well, now that's, you're affecting me. You're affecting what I'm seeing on my TV and how I'm watching the game. So I want to talk about that. That's coming up here in about 10 minutes. We're appreciating Chris Middleton, talking about his 44 point performance yesterday and how he's just so smooth and how I like every part of his game and I like his demeanor and his personality. And I just, I don't know if I could go in a lab and design someone any better to fit with Giannis and to play on my team, the team that I cheer for, the Bucks. Now, Dave from Monona texts in, and I think this is a belief with Chris Middleton. It might not even be wrong. Dave says, yeah, but that means a Middleton game will now, uh, or we're now expecting the game of 12, 13, 10, the next couple of games. Consistency with Middleton has always, that's been his bugaboo. I just don't think his valleys, his bad games are as bad as they used to be. Now, if Middleton has a bad game, it'll be 17, 19 points instead of 10 or 11. And what's really good about Chris Middleton, even when he has a bad game, Dave, and sometimes he has a lower volume game, right? He'll go six of, Uh, Let me take that back. He'll go four of 14. But if Giannis is scoring and Drew's playing well and it's close at the end and three of those buckets that Middleton gets are really tough buckets in huge moments, okay, then who cares? If he has a lower volume game, if he's there when he's needed and he executes the task that they need him to execute, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm cool with it. I think Middleton gets a little bit better every year. He gets a little bit more consistent Scores a little bit more. He averages a little bit more every year. Another thing I love about Middleton, and it's something that us fans should really notice uh, and, and value, right? We should value this. Nobody respects Chris Middleton's game more than other NBA players and NBA coaches, right? That's how he got into the All-Star game this year. He's not getting a bunch of flashy points. He's not putting up huge stat lines that he did yesterday, But everyone around the league looks at his game and says, yeah, that dude, that dude is, that's a dude. Here's Kevin Durant on Chris Middleton in 2018. I'm a huge Chris Middleton fan. Second round pick, then he got traded. I followed his journey since Texas A&M. Remember, Kevin Durant went to Texas. I followed him through the league. I always was impressed by how he played, his poise out there, his calmness, his demeanor in the fourth quarter and when they need a basket. He's just so cool, calm, and collected. I'm a huge fan of his game, he continues Chris Middleton is one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. One of the most skilled players in the league. Somebody that, uh, that is deadly and that is efficient from the three point line and all over the court. He can back anybody in, shoot over the top, play in the pick and roll. He can pass. He's six foot eight at the two guard. He's so big for his position catch and shoot threes, shoot off the dribble, shoot the mid range. He's complete to me. Final quote We all in the league realize what he does. He might not get the glory or the glitz or whatever comes with it. There's so many guys that don't get love that should. For me, as a fan of the game, who enjoys the game, I feel like he's one of those guys who deserves to be talked about. But I don't think he plays for that. He's a purist. Oh, I mean, come on. That's just, that's that's the ticket right there, isn't it? I don't think you do any better than that. That's awesome. If you want to know about a singer, ask another singer. If you want to know about a writer, talk to a writer. If you want to know about a radio host, and if they're any good, ask another radio host, right, because they have that perspective. Kevin Durant watches Chris Middleton says, okay, well, you're not getting crazy dunks. You're not scoring 60 points a night on a bad team. But, God, just look at his game. And it's cool to hear Kevin Durant talk about it. I have a soundbite from Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is talking about uh, Chris Middleton and his time in Milwaukee over the last year and a half. I'll play that for you next. But first, let's talk to Zach in Wisco. Zach, hello.
2: How are, how are you? How was your weekend? I, I'm happy to talk to you. Hey Grant, uh, weekend was great. This morning was a little harrowing with the uh, the snow on the ground uh, here in Southwest Wisconsin, but uh, you know we're we're okay. We're doing all right. Uh, my my oldest son, my my fourteen year old, he's in eighth grade. We got the state basketball tournament for eighth grade this weekend, so really? looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Where is
1: eighth grade state basketball? Is that in Madison or is it somewhere else?
2: It it is in it is in Madison. Okay. It's uh, it's. It's on campus at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, it's at the big, the new practice facility for mm. the Badgers. It's got like six, I think there's six or eight courts down there. It's crazy. Well, cool.
1: Enjoy. And uh, good luck to your son as well. You'll have to tell me about it next Thanks. week. Yeah. Appreciate it.
2: Yep. I, I definitely will. Hey, you're, you're talking about Middleton. I love Middleton. I love his game. Yeah. He doesn't need to go out and score 40 points a night, 50 points a night. He's not that kind of guy. He reminds me a lot uh, of Scotty Pippen, right? Mm-hmm. Great on ball defender. Didn't have to score every single night because you have the man in Giannis to be that top end guy. You don't need like another top end guy. You just need to have a guy that complements the top end guy. Pippen was that guy to Jordan. Chris is that guy to Giannis. It's, absolutely yeah. fun to watch them just when when they're on when both of them are on mm-hmm. it it is so beautiful to watch and then you toss in holiday and and i love this team i, I think yeah they have a really tough uh row to hoe here in the next uh, 17 games i think they're playing uh the next 11 out of the 17 or against teams with uh, winning records are better
1: they have the toughest remaining schedule in the NBA as the records stand right now. Like, records can change, and, and that metric's, like, not perfect. But they have a really tough schedule, yeah. Y- you know why I like Zach watching Giannis and Chris play together? Is they played together for eight or nine years now. So they really, not just on offense, but even on defense, they know how to play off each other. I was listening to the presser last night, and Eric Name's first question to Chris Middleton was about a defensive rotation on DeAndre Ayton when he got a steal and, and how he knew... What to do, when to do it, and and you could tell that Chris has been in the league for a while, but he's been on this team and he's played with Giannis for a while, so he knows what to look for and he knows how to play off and, and rotate defensively. And I just think in today's NBA, guys don't play together that long, so we never get to watch guys connected like this. And and that's another reason I love watching these two play together.
2: You're 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 absolutely right. You you in this time of free agency and and player movement, I, I mean, you have big. Back in the '90s, you didn't have the big stars moving teams all that often. Yeah, you'd have the occasional Charles Barkley going to from Philly to Phoenix. Yeah, but but you did not have those top end guys moving around like they do now. I mean, Durant's been on how many teams in nine years? Three. Yeah, yeah. And, and you and you have LeBron's been on four teams in the last five, like seven years. It, it's absolutely amazing to see the top end talent move around except in milwaukee the top end talent hasn't moved around Giannis hasn't moved middleton hasn't moved yeah they've had the third piece you know on and off here yeah. uh but yeah i mean it, it's it's fantastic to watch this team learn and grow and, and we saw it culminate last year in a in a world championship and and you have a team that. Only three games out of first in the East right now, and uh, they have a really good shot to overtake Miami for the number one spot here, as long as they uh, they play as well as they have in the last week and a half. Yeah,
1: Zach, you know what? You're darn right. I looked at the standings this morning, and I almost laughed. I was like, "Wait a minute! After all the concern last week, they're in third. They're third. They're tied, actually tied for second. Three games behind Miami. Okay, so what?" Right. what is this really all been about no that made me laugh when i looked at the standings this morning thanks for the call man it's just fun to talk and just appreciate middleton like we're talking about our favorite movie right or our favorite book like we don't even need to break down the x's nose we can just talk about a guy who i think maybe some fans took a while to come around on but i think it's just a joy to watch these guys and we saw that yesterday thanks zach hey thanks grant we'll talk to you later buddy yeah talk to me before the end of this week zach because we need a an eighth grade boys state basketball preview Uh, so I trust that I'll hear from you again by Friday so we can reconnect and maybe get a little bit of a preview on that. Here's Drew Holiday after the game yesterday. You want to talk about Chris Middleton's peers and not just Kevin Durant, who's played with Middleton on Olympic teams and been in the league, but Drew Holiday now has played with Chris Middleton for a season and a half, a little bit more than a season and a half. And Eric Name asked an awesome question. I love this back and forth.
3: The other guy that scored a whole bunch in the fourth quarter was Chris. Uh, just what have you
2: kind of learned about Chris in these moments, kind of in this year and a half you've been with him? And what have I learned?
4: Uh, he's a bucket. I mean, we already knew. I mean, I knew that before I got here. Uh, haven't learned much. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's what he does. Um, I do know that. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch. Uh, just how he gets to his spots. Um, how he takes his time, um, how it just seems like nobody affects him. It's just him and the, him and the hoop. So that's, this is really fun to watch.
1: I love that quote. Seems like nothing affects him. It's just him in the hoop. And, and that's why I felt that way watching before. I've never put it in those words exactly, but sometimes I thought with Middleton, if he's feeling it, it doesn't really matter who's guarding him. And it doesn't matter how well they're guarding him. If he's feeling it and he's got it lined up, it's him in the hoop. And everything else is secondary. And he goes his own pace Takes his time, which is what we talked a little bit about with Chucky Hepburn. I've really started to to look for that part of Chucky Hepburn's game. Like, you're just, you're going at your own speed, man. You're you're not rushed. You're not on anyone else's time other than your own. And Chris Middleton plays the same way. It's just him in the hoop. I love that. Let's take a break. Get to a couple of texts. And I want to talk about baseball. But it's not going to be negative. Uh, Actually, quite the opposite. It's, It's going to be a positive baseball segment. Trust me, it'll make sense. Coming up next, this is the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Hope your week is off to an awesome start. You had a good weekend. You can text and call the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. But if you just want to sit back and enjoy the show, go ahead. No need to call and text, but if you got something to say, I'd love to chat with you. We just did about 40 minutes of appreciation on Chris Middleton. To put a cap on that, before we get into baseball, I have a couple things I want to say. Something I was also thinking about today, and really I've thought about since last summer, I think all of us that are Bucks fans or maybe just Wisconsin sports fans will go back and we'll watch highlights from the finals. Game five, game six, right? The block that Giannis had or the alley-oop off the Drew Holiday steal. And sometimes I watch highlights of these games and I watch Middleton make these tough shots. And I just think to myself, like this is, this is stuff you would dream about. As a small market team. You nail the Giannis draft pick. You get Middleton in a trade and then Middleton develops. And for years, the dream was, Giannis is a superstar. Chris Middleton is this kind of Durant light where he gets really tough shots over smaller guys because he's oversized at 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and he just hits tough clutch shots. Like, that's the dream version of what we thought of the Bucks for years. And I even saved this little sound bite. Chris Middleton hits the shot. And Mike Breen, who I got into the NBA through when I got into the NBA, it was like 2009, 2010. So LeBron's on the heat, and you got Popovich in the Spurs, Kawhi Leonard's just coming up, and it, I got to know the NBA through the voice of Mike Breen, and now all these years later, although not that many years later, I'm a relatively young NBA fan, to hear Mike Breen say this about one of my guys. That's good!
0: More Middleton magic!
1: Like, that's, that's, that's just really cool. I can't help but smile when I hear that. That's really, really darn cool. 608 Nick in Madison. Nick, it's been a while. What's going on? Welcome. Grant, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I know Nick that you're a big workout guy. I'll have you know, I hit the gym this morning. I did my little circuit. It wasn't anything crazy, but I did. I did get after it today, and I, I thought you'd appreciate that.
2: I I do appreciate that. I was I actually just left the Princeton Club looking for Evo. I didn't see him. Uh, I I wasn't. I was gone for about a week and a half, and haven't been able to call in. And um, wanted to chime in a little bit on the Badgers. I know you guys are yeah. talking Bucks right now. I know you're talking Bucks right now, but you know it's, it's still regular season. We're still a ways off from the playoffs, and I'm I'm happy with the three or four seed. Mm-hmm. Um, don't need to work our way up to two or one and and possibly get the Nets in the first round. So um, let's talk let's talk Badgers first. Um, I have a very unpopular opinion, and it, you got to hear me out on this one. Right, right now, the Badgers the Badgers are slated to be. A number two seed, according to Joel Linardi and Bracketology. Okay. Um, They're actually the lowest number two seed. Um, And because of that, they would get the last last pick, basically, as to what location they get to go. Um, I think, uh, you know, everybody ahead of them gets to go based on location. Well, I think because of them being the last number two seed, they would actually get the south region, as I think where they're located right now. Mm -hmm. That sucks. Um, I would like them to be playing in Indianapolis um, for the first round and Chicago for the, uh, for the region. Um, I want the Badgers to lose against Purdue and because it would actually put them as the highest three seed, which would then allow them first pick as to which region they get to go to. So okay, so I, don't, I I don't know
1: exactly how the, how this picking stuff works, but you aren't there games at, at the Pfizer Forum. That's where we want them to be, right? Don't they is, or is that out the window as an option? Being in Milwaukee,
2: um, it it, it is an option. Um, the, the only you get to pick what region you're in. Okay. Um, so you get to pick you, whether you're in the West, the East, the Midwest, or the South. Um, and then from there, you're automatically put into you know. That year, wherever that region is located for the two seed or the three seed or whatever it might be, I want the Midwest has an Indianapolis uh, pod where the three seed would actually be playing in Indianapolis for their first two rounds. Okay. And then the the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight would actually be played in Chicago. Would that not be a better scenario than them playing in? Let's just say. Sacramento for the first two rounds and Houston for the second t- for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. It would be better. So- here's here's what I'm thinking though. If they're
1: and tell me if I'm wrong. If they're not in Milwaukee, now travel I get that can be tiring. But from a crowd perspective, like if they're not in Milwaukee, does it matter? Does it matter being in Indy versus Chicago? Like, is there going to be a crowd difference if they're not in Milwaukee? Isn't everywhere else just about the same? I, I get travel is exhausting, but I don't
2: know talk to me um, I, I I think with them being a three seed you know in their pod um playing in 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 Indianapolis, you're gonna get to a you're gonna get the travel but b you're you know you'll play what three versus four uh yeah three versus fourteen and then you would get uh what six versus uh, eleven yes so you Ooh, would be so. playing a six seeds. so Your odds are still pretty good of coming out of that that little pod and playing your Sweet Sixteen in Elite Eight in Chicago. So, Nick, before that's what what I want.
1: Yeah, and and that'll make sense. You laid out really well. Before I let you go, I I don't think this is a one-seed team, and yesterday's game really didn't change my opinion of them really at all. Like they won their Big Ten title against Purdue, that was great. Giant Davis got hurt yesterday. Yesterday really didn't mean that much to me, and. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's bad. Maybe I should be upset about yesterday. But I, I never thought this was a one seed Badgers team. They're very good. Love watching them. I love their personality. But I, they're not a one seed, right? Like a two seed seems about I, correct. No, I,
2: I don't think I don't think any Big Ten team is a one this year. Um oh, yeah. No matter who wins the Big Ten, Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue, whoever wins it, the best they're going to get is a two seed. And I only think that their two seed is going to be like the third or fourth best pick. Yeah. So. If, if you ask me, would I rather be the a, a third or fourth number two or the first or second number three? I'd rather be the first or second number three so that I can get my my choice as to where I go.
5: Mm.
2: I like this. This is thinking outside know, the box. Unpo- unpopular uh, opinion, but it's, you know, when you lay down the logic, it makes sense.
1: It does make sense. It does make sense. You see, if you call into this take with Evo and and Rowdy in your station on the zone in Madison tomorrow, they're going to kill you for this. They're going to say you have a a loser mentality and losing is never okay. Like, you you know that that, that if I took this to them tomorrow morning, I would get killed because I'll be on with them at 740 tomorrow. They're not going to like this on the zone, but I think it's smart.
2: So, I have have actually talked about this with about five or six different people, and each one of them at first said the same thing. They wanted to kill me. No way. We want to be Big Ten Jams. You know, blah, 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 blah. And once I laid on the logic and explained to them how the seeds actually work, they're like, oh well, yeah, I yeah. want that. So, <laughs> you know, I I don't I think Evo, you know, as, as as short-minded as he may be sometimes, um, I think he'll come around. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to tell him you said that tomorrow morning. Nick, thanks
1: for the call. It's nice to hear from you.
2: Well, what, you, you, you don't need to tell him that. He's probably already listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or
2: someone, it will get back
1: to him one way or another. He'll hear. I'm it. sure. I'm sure. We'll talk
5: soon, Grant.
1: Yeah, thanks. That's Nick and Madison. I just saw he was on vacation. Nick is, Nick's not just a workout guy. Nick is, we'll have to talk about it at a different time. I think like triathlete, but I don't even know to what degree. Like Nick might do Ironmans. I'm not sure. Uh, that can be another topic. So let's see. We've talked to Zach. We have to hear from him later this week about the eighth grade state basketball tournament. I'm going to write that down. And then next time Nick is on, I want to ask, has he done an Ironman? I think maybe. He might, he might do things harder than Ironmen. Actually, Ironmen. It's weird when you say it like that, but. Yeah, Nick's a monster. Thank you for the call, Nick. It had been a while. When we come back, uh, 10 minutes, I got some things I want to get off my chest about baseball and something that was reported last night. And if you want to talk more Bucks, more Badgers, and I have a little thing, a small, small thing on the Packers, that's coming up before the show is over at 6 o'clock. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: My name is Grant Bills. Going to do more Bucks here in about 15 minutes. If you want to talk Badgers, we'll do that as well. I just don't have a lot to say about yesterday's Badgers game. It's a bummer. It stinks. But I I might be alone in how I feel about this. They won the Big Ten last week. They want to share the Big Ten regular season title. Now they have to share it with Illinois, but I think the crown jewel that season, the the tip-top accomplishment was beating Purdue at home, and then we all started to think about the postseason, and I think the players did too. Maybe even the coaches. I just, I don't know. Yesterday didn't trigger me and make me upset like I think it did with some of you. And I'm not telling that you're wrong to feel that way. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm not going to be disingenuous and come on the show and yell about how they need to be better and blah, blah, blah. Well, like, I barely even watched. Because to me, the regular season concluded with them at least locking down a share of the Big Ten title last week. And I did watch the last couple of minutes. It's not like I didn't watch, but I just, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say. Now, you might feel differently. And that's why I'm leaving the door open for you today to call in and join. And we'll do more of that, talk more hoops after 5 o'clock. I do have a couple of things I want to say about baseball. Now, baseball. Buster only. I think it was Buster only tweeted the other night. Like, it's becoming uh, evident that we might not have baseball at all this year. Like, we're not in a good spot. Uh, Not a lot of progress right now between the owners and the players. And I saw a report the other day. Maybe it was Evan Drellich or somebody basically just passed along a a statement or a a scoop from the owners, the league, they, they, you know, put out information to people who then give the information to us. And basically the scoop was, well, we're really disappointed today. Uh, We thought the owners or the, the players were wanting to compromise and, and they came no closer to our demands. It's like, well, yeah, that's the whole point of why we're here. That surprises you. You just thought you'd show up a week later after it came to head in Florida. And, the players that all of a sudden make progress coming towards you? No, 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 no. I don't... No, that's not how this is going to go. You're shocked that they're not coming over to your side. Wow. What? Oh, God. God. I, like, I don't want to be yell, annoying, complain guy today about baseball. That's not going to help, right? I'll just get a headache. We'll get all worked up. We'll make no progress. And then we'll lose our appetite before dinner. And I'll go home and I'll be ticked off. So I don't I don't want to do that. Think, think of a road trip, right? What's the longest distance you've ever driven or ridden? You know, mine's about 24 hours. I think the 24 to 26 hour trip to somewhere in Florida is pretty standard Midwest procedure. You've at least done that once with your family or the friend group. And then typically you've said, I'll never do that again. We're flying next time. And then you fly or you don't go anymore. Last summer, I drove 19 hours by myself. It was a joy. Oh, I felt like a king. I felt like a king. I could stop what I wanted. I could listen to what I wanted to listen to. I could talk who I wanted to talk to, which was absolutely no one. Oh, my God. I feel like I wrote shows, so many takes, so many sports ideas, just alone with my thoughts. It was great. And I tell you what, when you go on a road trip, right, you get one hour in, you look at your GPS, and you see 18 hours left, 19 hours left. You're like, oh, God, what did I get myself into? And mentally... You start to break down a little bit. You get in your head. But then you get to a point, you get five, six hours in, and now you're feeling like you're, I don't know, Clint Eastwood in every which way but loose. Like, you're a a king of the open road at that point. With baseball, I feel like we're one hour into a 20-hour drive. And mentally, we just got to hang tough because we'll get there. We will. Even if the season is shortened and that will suck, we're still going to have baseball, and there's no point in torturing ourselves mentally about games that are missed. We did that last week. I gave this long, impassioned thing about how I love April baseball and it holds a special place in my heart. And we're not going to have it. And that stinks, but that's the way of the world. There's a lot of unhappy people. April baseball fans like myself, we're just going to be unhappy. We're in hour one of a 20-hour drive, and it helps to stay engaged, I think. You got to do podcasts, crosswords, audiobooks. Think of it this way. Ready for this? You focus on the small picture, as to forget about the big picture. Wow. Nice grant. Yeah, I know. It's pretty good. The small picture, at least the small picture I'm focusing on was the report from John Heyman last night that the league and the players have agreed to ban shifts, implement a pitch clock and make the bases larger in 2023. Now larger bases are whatever. I'm assuming they just mean first base. There's no reason not to do that. In my opinion, slow pitch softballs, figure that out. It helps people from getting injured. Fine. Do it. Um, The pitch clock, I don't know. I need to think about that more and all that entails. We can talk about that a different time. Now, the shift, this is interesting. This is something I could stew on and think about for a while. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't think either option is bad. I I could be swayed or convinced either way. If you keep it, all right, I like baseball. Just keep watching the baseball we've been watching. There's strategy involved. Hitters got to learn how to beat the shift, right? They got to learn how to adjust. Now, if you ban the shift, it's more balls in play. It's more activity, more doubles and triples, better batting averages. That's good, too. I think this is a win-win either way. The more I've thought about it, I might be team ban the shift. Let me explain why. Manfred and the league are going to want to make drastic changes to the structure of baseball. And we're not just talking about money. Talk about arbitration periods um or a collective or it's not collective balance a competitive balance tax which is just baseball's annoying way of calling it something that's not a salary cap or a luxury tax right aside from money they want to make drastic changes to the structure of the game the product that we see on our tv they limited mound visits and whatever now all the other options like a pitch clock expanded postseason moving the mound around those are going to alter the way the game is played. Like, pitchers are going to have to learn how to pitch differently if they move the mound back. But if there's a pitch clock, they're going to have to figure out how to work with that, work around that. If they expand the postseason, that's going to change how we watch the sport, and I hate that. Banning the shift doesn't really alter the game that much. It will, but not as much as these other proposed changes. And sometimes, and men, we understand this. Sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and think about the big picture. This weekend, my company hosted a big wedding expo, and it was cool. A lot of people planning their weddings, talking to all these different vendors, and I was there in a suit, and it was cool, but weddings, not my thing. Guys, I think we get into weddings a little bit less than maybe women do, and obviously they are exceptions. But you know when I I am trying to sell guys to get tickets and come with their wives to be to this wedding world thing, I say, you can get it all done in one day. Yeah, it's a Sunday. You got to give up your Sunday. But you can do the music, you can do the dress, you can can get everything crossed off your list, you just got to bite the bullet and come for one day. All right, that's not so bad. With banning the shift, if that's the bone that baseball needs to feel like they've done something, all right, fine. Because it's really not that crazy big of a shift. Does that make sense? We can talk more about this next. I also want to do Badgers-Bucks. I got a Packers thing too. Wisco Sports Show back
0: in two minutes. You know, there's so many more things he does than just score. But defensively he played a lot of different guys, did really well. You need games like that from your best, guys like Chris. So it was a hell of an effort by him. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
1: Of the show, we did a little Bucks, little Badgers, and a little baseball. Man, baseball gets people riled up. We're very—we clutch our pearls with baseball very much. Like it's the game; it's always been this way; it's got to be this way. And for the most part, I'm—I'm I'm with you. I don't want them to change baseball at all. Keep the shift, no pitch clock. I hate the idea of a pitch clock. It's an untimed game. That's why it's cool. That's why it's different than basketball or football. And I don't want them to expand the postseason. I don't want them to move the mound. I think a mound visit counter is the stupidest thing in the world. It's really stupid because we forget it's there, which is how you know that it's stupid. It's like, oh, there was really a big hullabaloo over limiting mound visits. Oh, well, I forget that you limit mound visits. So congrats, all that work for no impact. I don't want them to change anything in baseball, but I think change is gonna happen either way. And if one thing needs to get changed, I'm okay with banning the shift. Right now, I don't know how you'd legislate it. I don't know how you'd set up this, that, and the other thing. Oh, but they'd find a way. They always find a way. I don't know. If you want to talk baseball, we can. We can get back into the Badgers. We can get back into the Bucks. I I really don't care. I want to talk about what you want to talk about. 608 7962558 Chris is in lacrosse. Now, Chris typically skews baseball. Chris, have you called in to talk about the shift? That's what I'm guessing.
2: Well, uh, yeah, just talking about baseball and uh, a couple of thoughts, Grant. Um, One, the beauty of baseball is the fact, and you could argue the beauty of hockey. Mm -hmm. You could go back 100 years ago, and baseball is no different in 2022 than it was in 1922. The stadiums are bigger, but the game itself has remained unchanged. This is not the case of basketball, basketball of, of 1922 would, would be almost being still played with a peach basket for real. Yeah. And football, I mean, it's two totally different games, 1922 versus 2022. The, the idea and, and baseball has always been very cyclical. And so right now, one of the concerns is, well, the game's not exciting enough and kids aren't getting into it. But remember though, these kids eventually are going to become parents mm-hmm. and they are going to fall in love with baseball like 15 or 20 years, and they're going to find it to be very relaxing. So I just feel like there's, I'm a purist. I I don't, I never liked interleague play. I didn't like, I I don't like the Brewers in the National League. I certainly don't like the Astros in the American League. I am I get rid of the DH in in the American League and put it in, but, but, you know, they're they're not going to put the genie back in the box. I feel baseball has been tinkering too much, but the game itself, must r- remain the same. That's the charm of it. And eventually it will become cyclical and people will migrate to that. But having said that, there is an opportunity. If you and I had a ton of money to start either a women's uh, league like the old, uh, you know, a major league, which is based on or that movie, A League of Their Own with, yeah. with Tom Hanks and Madonna, Bring that back. I mean, there could be a great market for a women's uh, baseball league or, if nothing else, women's fast-pitch softball, which is exciting. electric. There's nothing. Yes. And this would be the time, especially now that baseball is is maybe kind of falling asleep at the wheel, is bring in a women's professional softball league that might appeal to people that want a little more electricity in the game. But baseball must stay the same the game it would be irresponsible to try to change it this deep into the proceedings
1: but Any, anything like the the, the the little league world series chris and nothing against those kids i don't want to watch it and anyone who pretends that it's amazing and tries to get me to watch it i won't oh. have it i
2: won't have it you cannot make me watch <laughs> have it. you watched eight men out yet no i have, have you not. watched eight men out although I okay could, you need to i could watch a lot watch of baseball movies out.
1: to kind of supplement yeah, lack yeah. of baseball no, you're, you're, you're gonna, gonna
2: do You'll you'll like it. I, I know you will. But no, I'm an old school baseball fan, and I love the history of the game. I mean, uh, it's got such a rich history. No history, and I and I'm I'm very historically knowledgeable of all the 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 games yeah. but baseball there is just something so special and sacred about it. And so no, I don't I'm not into feeling like you have to turn this into a pinball game. It's it's you you could do that, but then don't call it baseball. Create an entirely new okay. game and then maybe don't play it on a diamond. Play it in a circle or play it in a trapezoid and create sure. like a completely <laughs> different game that isn't you know, maybe it's played with a bat, you know, a bat and a ball but it's not baseball at that point yeah that's that's more like new game that's more
1: like cricket like it's there's not really a foul ball yeah so before
2: before or go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no hit me yeah i was just i'm sorry grant but or because cricket in a sense is very related to baseball but there was an earlier game called rounders which is really what baseball is no pun intended but based on And it it predates baseball, and it's kind of the game that gave way to modern baseball. And so if you're going to do something, let's bring back rounders. (laughs) You know, I mean, you're going now back to Abner Doubleday and and, and the Civil War. I mean, going that far back with it. Um,
1: Do you have... No, I agree with you, man. Do you have some large amount of seed capital, Chris? Are you a very wealthy man, and you just don't let it on? Because maybe we could get together and do something. No, I wish.
2: I I wish. I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm... like the the fool and his money are soon parted. But, you know, um, but I was the Montreal Expo robot. I don't know if you knew that. I went around uh, trying to save the Montreal Expos from extinction and made it into Sports Illustrated. And uh, um, I showed that copy to Carney and he, <laughs> so he, he can verify it. It's real. And uh, so, no, I am, I am a longtime lover of, of baseball. And it's sad in, in a way to To see it in this uh, condition, and and not just because of the the strike, they'll get it figured out. There will be. we know yeah. there will be games, yeah. Of course, there will be, but it's just this sense that that you know it's withstood this much, and and I just believe that it does go in cycles. And right now, sure, maybe we are. And if you think about it, here's the other thing. Yeah, pro football. If you're not a pro football fan, which I am. I can understand why people would be bored with football and even potentially basketball. Hockey is technically the most exhilarating; it's up and down, up and down. And yet, there hockey has always struggled to to get um, more of the American audience. Now, you know, so I don't even think the excitement piece is necessarily what it is. I don't know. I just, the beauty point. of baseball is yeah, you and I could go to a loggers game and sit down and and talk. and there'd be opportunity to have a conversation. You can't really have a good conversation at a hockey game or a basketball game or a football game and maybe we've just lost the art of conversation and uh, so no I'm with you man I think I, I, don't don't they shouldn't augment the rules so much or if, if you're going to do that just create an entirely new game and, well, I, and maybe that's not such a bad idea
1: yeah well I could talk about that I feel like you've given me a lot to work with here Chris and there's a couple things I want to continue to talk about but I'm going to let you go you've done enough thank you for the cool call, man, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah always have a good night and I, I will We'll watch eight men out, I promise. Also, are you are you biking somewhere? I was gonna ask, but I'm like, nah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> you biking around in the wind? <laughs> what was that? We got a t- we got a tweet here from Steven who says, Is this call a real? Oh, yeah. Chris is very he is a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he comes from a little bit of a different perspective. The action point is a good one because we want more action in the game, right? And that's why maybe. The league is considering banning the shift or, or adjusting banning the shift versus adjusting the shift. I think are two different things, and maybe that's something we'll talk about at some point. I'm sure during this lockout, the action point is a good one. Hockey is the most action packed sport of them all. The substitutions are live; they're hitting each other; they're they're engaging with the boundary. You can't run out of bounds. You can't go have a foul ball or a foul puck. You just run up against the boundaries. It's kind of like a cage match meets football but the substitutions are live and there is, there is a dead ball or a dead puck where the, the the play is blown dead, but it doesn't last very long. Like hockey is the most action packed of all the sports. And yet I don't watch hockey. If you can't tell the way I'm talking about it, I don't watch hockey. A lot of people don't watch hockey. This is a good point. Maybe action. Isn't the answer problem is there's such little action in some of these baseball games. And I heard Craig council talk about it a couple weeks ago when he was in lacrosse there, you go an hour without a ball put into play. And that is something that baseball needs to change. Chris made one point about the age of the baseball audience, and this is something that I, during our call, got to thinking about. I, I think this is interesting. Kids don't watch baseball, right? Which I think, I think there are lots of kids that watch baseball, but maybe not in the same way that they're attracted to the NBA or the NFL. I also think when you say, young people don't watch baseball, I think that's a little bit of a generality. I think lots of young people watch baseball. But the average baseball fan, the median or the mean age of a baseball fan is 50s 60s those are people that really watch baseball every day now those are also people that have the most time which is something that we have to consider right young kids who go to school and go to practice and hang out with friends they don't have all the time that a 50 or 60 year old person does it doesn't mean they're not paying attention doesn't mean they're not fans doesn't mean they don't buy jerseys and talk about the game and are interested in the game but i don't watch a lot of complete brewer games when i was in middle school high school even in college, right? Now it's my job. I need to schedule out time to watch games, but I enjoy it too. I think, yes, old people appreciate baseball more and that's reflected in their viewership audience, but also it's just a game that you need time and you only get time at a certain period of your life where if the kids are out of the house, right? If you don't have pets anymore, if, if you're not driving kids to and from, every right? These are all things we could talk about. I, I also think something that Chris said, is they start to appreciate baseball as they get older. That's an interesting thing. These things some people would tell you, if you don't get into a sport when you're young, you'll never get into it. Um, I don't believe that to be true. I think you can pick up things as you get older. Um and, and I think of music, right? The idea that if you didn't grow up listening to a certain type of music or a certain artist, that you will never get into that. Like if my dad didn't play me this artist growing up, I'll never get into that artist. I, I don't believe that to be true. And sometimes The most satisfying pieces of music and the music that you enjoy the most and hold the most dearly are the artists and the songs that you find later in life and you come to find. It wasn't shown to you by a parent or a friend or a relative, but this is an artist that you can claim to be all your own or claim that you discovered the music and you went through all the albums rather than, oh, when I was growing up, this this CD player was in our basement. These CDs were always in it. This is what played in the house. Right. Sometimes it's even more satisfying to come across an artist later in life. Maybe you're just not a, you know, in a place in your life where you can uh, receive an artist. Right. Like I've tried to get into Springsteen for a while. I just can't really break through. I can't get there. I want to, and I keep trying. And every once in a while, I'll find a song that I really like. Like I went through a phase with the song City of Ruins a couple of months ago. I'm like, damn, that's a really good song, but it never led to the next song. And the next song and the next song. And, oh, this album sounds like this, but what about this album? And then I'm in it, right? And I think of music in the same way that I think of baseball. If you're somebody that grows up in a house where the Brewers are on, Packers are on, Badgers, Bucks are on, maybe you don't gravitate towards baseball right away. But as you get older, you start to pick up baseball a little bit more. It's like, oh, when I'm driving to work or when I'm leaving work at night, I am going to throw on the Brewer game. When I'm younger, I wouldn't have done that. I want to throw it on music. But now I want to listen to an inning when I'm driving home, right? And by the way, conveniently, when the Brewers are back, Brewers will be back on all these stations. The Zone in Madison, KTY in Lacrosse, Crosse, 105.1 Sports Talk in Eau Claire, Brewers affiliate. so that'll be convenient, right? But I, I think sometimes when you pick up things later in your life, it's even more satisfying. Like, I think of musical artists that I've gotten into um, kind of independent from my upbringing. Sometimes you hold them a little bit more closely, and sometimes when for a movie or a TV show or... Uh, an album or a song or a musical artist. Sometimes the harder it is to break through, the more satisfying it is when you finally break through. And I'm not saying that there's like a barrier of entry to baseball, but it is a somewhat complicated sport. I mean, as a young kid, I watched Favre and I knew that Favre was going to be on my TV every Sunday because he never got hurt. But also he wasn't in contract negotiations every three years in football. When you have a franchise quarterback, that's your franchise quarterback. in baseball, there's a lot of roster turnover every year. That's a lot of base knowledge you need to watch and appreciate baseball because half of your roster changes every year. Bullpen, starting pitchers, infielders, outfielders, catchers. It's like, well, this year our center fielder was Jim Edmonds. Next year, it's Mark Kotze. Then it's Carlos Gomez. Then it's Nigel Morgan, right? And if you don't have a base knowledge of the rest of the league, at least to a degree, It's hard to follow the Brewers because you need to learn new names every year. And I think that's hard for young players. And that's not because the game isn't exciting. It's not because there's no pitch clock. It's because there's a lot of names, a lot of games, a lot of teams. And you just need a certain level of base knowledge that's really hard to get when you're young, right? Before you're even in college or high school, before you can start to grasp and understand these things. The way that divisions work, right? You win your division and you're in. What about the wild card? Well, my team is better than that team that won their division. How does that work? Right? And like, it's best of seven series. Why are they playing at home? Why are they on the road? It is a lot to absorb. I remember some of my first Brewers memories were in 2008, the year that they had Sabathia and then they played the Phillies. And I remember asking my dad, I wonder if he has this memory, but it's a core memory. Asking him, wait, so now the Brewers are, they're in the, they're playing to get into the playoffs. Nope. They're in the playoffs, Grant. Oh, okay. So if they win tonight, they move on. Nope. Well, then they have game three. And I just remember, I'm sure it was like after a busy day of work, my dad was just like, how do you not get this? I was young. It's a hard sport to grasp as a young person. And I don't think it's because the game lacks excitement. I just, baseball is a sport that takes longer to get into. But once you're into it, it's like an old friend. It's been with you all along, you know? And those friends are the best friends. They're not exciting. They're not the friend that you're going to go out to the bar with that's going to steal a sign or throw a brick through a window. Right? And those friends in the moment seem really fun. Baseball's not that friend. Baseball's the friend that you maybe see once or twice a week, maybe, maybe even less. But every time you get together, you know, don't miss a beat. That's that's the friend that baseball is. And it takes time to build friendships like that. And I think Chris's point about getting into baseball later in life only when you can fully and grasp and appreciate it, I just think that's the way of the world. I don't think that's a structural fault of baseball. I just think that's, that's the vibe that baseball has. Let's take a break. I want to talk a little bit about the Bucks and the Badgers. We can keep talking about baseball too. I got some tweets and texts that I want to get to. And I do have a Packers thing. If we run out of time today, we can save it for tomorrow. But I have one thing that I want to say about Aaron Rodgers, and it's a really brief thing, so hopefully we can tuck it in before six o'clock.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Show. My name is Grant Bills. We have stumbled on the holy grail of topics. The shift. To ban the shift or not ban the shift, we're getting lots of text tweets. You can call or text 608 796 2558 You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. Uh, I got a couple good to get-to here, so we're, we're gonna I'm gonna try to get to all these. And my dad is texting in, <laughs> of course. He says if you're gonna ban the shift and take away defensive options, then put a mark on the field where the defense should stand. Banning the shift is wrong. I I don't know how they would go about banning the shift. Do you have to stand in the same spot or do they give you like an area? Like I can see them saying all four infielders need to be on the dirt and you need two infielders on both sides of second base. Other than that, stand where you want, right? Because that would give them a little freedom to shift, but you wouldn't have the insane rover in right field. I think that's what they're more worried about rather than... You know, the shortstop being way over by third base or the second baseman being way over by first. I think it's the extra outfielder uh, that really takes away a lot of the hits. Um, Boone's Farm, my two cents worth. Uh, I'm on board with banning the shift, but it should never have come down to that. If you want to beat the shift, go opposite field, keep doing it until they no longer use it. These guys are professional hitters and should be able to at any given time. Beat the shift. This analytical string hold on the game has made hitters one-dimensional. Yeah, we're a little bit, uh, we're a little bit home run starved, I think. And that got us in a tough spot. I'm with you. The hitters need to be adaptable to an agree. I can't, I'm tripping all of our words. The hitters need to be adaptable to a degree. There we go. Finally got it out. Uh, one more text and then we got to go to the phones here for a call. John Boyce says there are two types of action in sports, scoring action and regular gameplay action. I think Americans are hooked on scoring action more than the game action. People who follow hockey and baseball know where to look for the action when runs or goals are not being scored. For new viewers, lack of scoring can make the game look slow. Would banning the shift give us a little more scoring action? Does that make sense? Or does it just give us more balls in play? I just think we want the ball in play. Fewer strikeouts, home runs, sure, but give us some doubles. Give us some triples, too. I don't know. Dave is in Monona. Dave, what do you think about all this? We need some sage wisdom. God, I
4: mean... for, 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 well, first of all, the reason you didn't understand your dad when, like, in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. because you were playing, you were playing with dolls, and your dad just kind of, kind of, just dismissed you because if you're yeah. going to play with dolls and not watch baseball, then he should kind of dismiss you. right? That was it. That
1: that, that was it. it. Was that you feel like you hit that one? Was that a ten out of ten yeah. rip on me? Well, well done.
4: Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice. But game. not. But, but no. There's <laughs> all all teams are going to do if they ward if they if they ward it. You have to have two in, infielders. Mm-hmm. All, all the good coaches are going to do is just manipulate the center fielder. It's like, duh, the center fielder is going to come over either to play a five man or the center fielder is going to be the um, is going to be the shift man and they drop back they drop back the shortstop to short left field and bring the third baseman over. I mean, you're not going to ban the shift people. So I mean, all the good managers who a baseball IQ are just going to manipulate the center fielder. Cuz if you if it's just infielders well, can you imagine what, what, what the good ones are going to do? They're going to bring that guy in and play a five-man. They're going to shift yeah. him. So, you know, as far as these rule changes, it's like, to people, why am I shocked? I, I, I go back to this generation. If things get difficult, we got to change them. If times get tough, we got to change the rules. I wonder what Bob Gibson and all the, all the Hall of Famers and Willie Mays and all the good ones, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, what they would have done. Can you imagine how many home runs Hank Aaron or Babe Ruth would have gotten? in some of these, you know, sissified ballparks? They probably would have hit 1,100. But no, this, this young this generation, we got to change. Everybody's got to change. No, keep the shift and because you're not going to change the people. They're going to manipulate center fielder. But that, That's basically about and a time yeah. clock. Who cares about a time clock? You want to know why the games take so long? Think about this math, all you individuals there's nine innings 17 changes each change takes roughly what would you say two to uh, two to four minutes
1: any changes yeah i think the radio breaks because i because i i work a lot of the games they're like two minutes two and a half minutes about when they have a pitching change yeah
4: no no no, not pitching change any change
5: okay so when they go any change what
4: would you say three to five minutes well, yeah. no, I mean, and then, and then they got to have infield, throw the ball or infield practice. The pitcher's got to have his warm-ups. I mean, you take, sev- you take 17 times, let's just say four minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at another 68 minutes. There's the, where the majority of the game goes. It's what they do in between pulling the pitcher, in between the innings. If you're going to shorten that up, we just do it in softball. No, no, in- no infield practice in the first inning. Pitcher gets one or two warm-ups, let's go. Yep. You know, sev- 17 changes. That'll probably knock off at least thirty minutes. Do but, you, you know,
1: do you think the games take too long? I like some games are long. I don't, you
4: know, yeah, I, but know, they're fine, right? I think they don't fine. take long. They don't take long. I mean, put it this way: if you go into a game, you have to expect it's going to be two and a half hours to three hours. Mm-hmm. But somebody, somebody, some idiots in a suit in New York, some you know, five percent of the clowns, will dictate a hundred percent of the policy. You know that? Yeah. Well, squeaky wheel that, gets
1: but, the grease. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah, and and all of a sudden. Uh, it's, it's advertising dollars, people. They're not going to shorten the game because they shorten the advertising. Then they got to co- come up with alternative ways to make up the difference. But no, it's easy. You don't, you know, they're going to manipulate center fielder. So I just educated your whole audience. That's that, <laughs> that, And the average IQ has got to be at least six, you know, you know what I hate? So, I mean, of all these baseball just, things, you
1: know what I hate the most is the expanded postseason.
4: I don't want more teams oh, in the playoffs. No, Dave. Come on, Grant. You, you don't like, I mean, no, no, let, me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is the 14 team, is the, uh, they're looking to do the whole, throw all American National League 14 teams in there, the two plays, whoever they want. Is that no more National American League playoffs? It's just here are the next 14 teams? I just
1: don't want that many teams in, period. I, then I feel like it's meaningless. Like, Dave, we, we're watching the scoreboard every day, like pennant races or electric. The Brewers went decades without making the playoffs, Making the playoffs in baseball has to mean something. And if they let 14 teams in, it's just, no, I I don't want that.
4: I don't want that. But if the the spoiled little players are going to want to keep getting more millions and millions and millions, they've got a couple ways to offset the, okay, well, then, you know, what what is it now, five? Yeah, I'm with you, seven, seven out of the 14. But if they're going to scrap the American and National League and they're just going to go 14 overall, I, I, I love that idea. You just put the four, fourteen best teams or seven, or twelve. I like twelve personally. The twelve best teams out there, and no more National American League. You will truly, truly get a World Series champion. Now that's kinda cool, yeah. anyway, well, I, so, so kind of cool. But anyway, well, so so what kind of dolls did you play with? You younger was it Barbie or <laughs> or Barbie sisters? Or I didn't play with dolls. You act like ki- You act like kids, might my- So
1: Dave. When I was little, we didn't have cell phones. I didn't. I never had video games. We went outside and played. I don't know where you got this image of me. We went outside. We ran wait, around. Wait, the
4: wait, How old are you? Wait, how old
1: are you? Twenty four. I turned twenty four last week. So fifteen years ago, there were cell phones back in two thousand six. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, my parents had them, but they weren't smartphones. Like I, we didn't have them. I didn't have a. I didn't have a cell phone until. Uh, eighth grade or my freshman year of high school. Like now, the kids have them early. There were cell phones, but w- thus kids didn't have them. We called our friends oh. on the landline. I'd call over and I'd, hi, Mrs. You know X Y Z is is Billy Bob there? Can you put him on? Like that's Man, that was my it. childhood.
4: Debbie, Debbie, you played you played with thousands here It's great. And that kind of explains now your <laughs> your dress habits. Okay, I don't know how <laughs> that you tells got, us a lot. Got that? From hey, that. hey, by the way, you said last week about drinking, uh, uh, buddy, Marys. I'm, that is not a man's drink. You and evil. I don't care what evil says. Evil's a fairy. Men who drink, who drink, what, what is it? Whatever, what is, um I can't even say the word. Uh, Bloody Marys. Yeah. And That's your only source of drink on a Sunday morning. Sit on the couch. Oh my God! Help me, Lord. I actually, I'll cut you
1: off after this because I think you'll, you might, you might blow up. Uh, I actually was drinking mimosas last week, and I don't like Bloody Marys as much as I like mimosas. <laughs> he hung up. <laughs> I chased him away. <laughs> I don't know where he, what, what about me makes it sound like I played with dolls? We played outside. I, okay, before we take a break, I need to vent about this. I'm the youngest person uh, or just about one of the younger people in the building where I work. And I, I love people talking, talking down to me like I'm such a millennial or you're Gen Z or whatever I am. I don't know. You got your cell phones and your AirPods and your Xbox Ones or whatever. I don't know. Whatever people tell me. I didn't have cell phones growing up. When I was in elementary school, I rode the bus, and that's when I talked to my friends. And I would call the landline of my friends' homes, their family landline, because I had the number memorized. Because that's what I did when I was a kid. You act, you act like all I did when I was little, sit in the basement and sit on my Xbox and talk to my friend. We didn't have cell phones. I didn't have a smartphone until junior year of high school. It was a huge part of my childhood where we didn't have technology. We would play outside. We'd run around. We'd get exercise. I grew up on a lake. I'd go swimming. Right, we'd wrestle on the dock, throw each other on the water, with dolls. Don't talk down to me about my age. Now I have a cell phone, but everyone has a cell phone now. It's your problem too. It's not just mine. Let's take a break. I got some more texts to get to about baseball, um, and then we'll see where the show goes. It'll, it'll, it'll we'll find out together. We'll do that next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
1: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you being here today. Perry Goldstein, by the way, programming note, going to be here on Wednesday. We're going to accomplish a couple things. I think we might get Rodgers news tomorrow or maybe early Wednesday. I I don't know. We're going to talk Packers, maybe some really early draft stuff, but mostly Rodgers. Perry's going to be here Wednesday. She also went to see the Marcus King Band on Friday, and I texted her to ask about it and thought it was going to be a 10 out of 10 incredible show, and she said it was really good, but not what she expected. So we're going to get a concert review. Uh, and also, I think, a lesson uh, in what to do when you go to a concert and it doesn't turn out to be what you expected. We've all been there, right? I think that could be an interesting conversation. We're going to do that on Wednesday. Now, if you want to join me to talk about baseball, potentially banning the shift, I don't think it's that bad because I think it's the least of all of the other evils. I hate the idea of a pitch clock. I hate the idea of moving the mound around. Those are fundamental changes to the game. Those are really going to change things. I don't know if banning the shift is really going to make all that big of a difference. I don't know. Maybe. But that seems like the lesser of a bunch of evils. Let's go to the phone. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Yeah, this is uh, John Hanson. How you doing, Grant? John, oh, Twitter, Jet. You're from John from Twitter, yep. correct? D
3: John, D. John Hanson. That is correct. Yes, D. The one John only.
1: Hanson. Heck, yeah. Well, exactly. awesome. It's exactly. nice to talk to you in person. What's going on, John? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, firstly, you have the best sports show in all of Wisconsin, just so you know that. So, uh, hands mm. down.
1: Well, thank um, you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Secondly, yeah, no,
3: I really wish I wasn't following Dave from Minona. I like Dave. I listen. <laughs> I hear him a lot. But, man, he gets my blood boiling sometimes. So, yeah. Dave, I know you're listening. Nothing personal, but I just want to point out that if it's generational gaslighting. You might have a little wrong because the billionaires that are causing this aren't thirty, 24 year olds. They're they're you know they're a little older, maybe more towards your generation. Yeah. However, with that having been said, with that having been said, Dave floored me because he made a comment that I agreed with, which has never happened before, and I actually wouldn't care if they just win top 12 teams. In fact, we would be getting better baseball if that was going into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, that all being said, the real reason I am calling is because mm. I think baseball's real problem is it doesn't have to do with pace to play. Well, pace to play is part of it. Don't get me wrong, but it has to do with the amount of games. Like you have 162 games. Now I love baseball. It is my favorite sport. I didn't fall in love with it until after my tour in the Marine Corps, like 2007, As an adult, I came back, fell in love with the sport, realized it was the best sport out there, and I watch it. I watch every game. However, the average fan isn't like that, and they don't have time for 162 games. And the weight behind each game, when you have 162. Now, granted, I, I remember a few years back, right, where it came down a few couple times back, where it was one game, both ways, right? Yeah, like that happens, but. The games don't mean as much, so people don't watch. If they lowered the number of games, which I would hate, but also that's what they're looking for. But they won't do that either because that comes into their profit margins too. Yeah. So I, I just think there are too many games. That's my opinion. So
1: too many games. I I just think about baseball is it's this marathon, but when you get down to you earn being relevant in September, right? So you have to earn it for sure. months. you have to earn your way into the conversation, and then once you're in the conversation, then it's it's you're white knuckling every night and you just don't get that in other sports. you don't get that in the NFL you're- because there's only one game a week and you don't get that in the NBA because everyone gets in and it feels like maybe we're going there with baseball, which I hate yeah.
3: you're absolutely right about that. I won't disagree with that statement. however, like have you know- you noticed? The shift in the atmosphere at baseball games towards the postseason. Not even at, not even during the postseason. Yes, teams are trying to make it in, but when the games mean more, those places are packed and loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, Miller. Or, I'm sorry, the American Family Field. I do call it that because Miller gave up on them. Yeah, uh, American Family Field. It's loud as hell all the time, but during during those games, it's way louder.
1: So. It's different entirely. Anyway,
3: Grant, I don't want to hold you up. Yeah, I don't want to hold you up. I'll listen to your response. I just wanted to call in and and just tell you I love the show and keep killing it.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the call. and It was nice to meet you voice to voice and not Twitter account to Twitter account. That is uh, the John Hanson. I appreciate the call, John. I thought you said John Henson. I'm like, oh, Oh, okay, so Bucks legend. Bucks and Cavaliers legend, John Henson, but no, the John Hanson. I appreciate the tweet. There's a lot of factors to play with baseball. That's, that's what I'm realizing today. And when I put the show together, I wrote down the notes and I said, okay, forget about collective bargaining agreement. Forget about a luxury tax. Forget about arbitration. Forget about everything. For all these new rule changes, forget about bigger bases. Forget about pace of play. I just want to talk about the shift. We're going to isolate the shift and we're just going to talk about that. And then by bringing that up, I realized that everyone's thinking about so many other things, right? You can't talk about banning the shift without making it a conversation about a generational gap. Like, how much should we now help the hitters that haven't figured out how to deal with this elite-level pitching, haven't figured out how to go the other way? Is it a stubbornness thing, or do they just not – are they unable to hit pitching, right? So we got to have that conversation, right? If we ban the shift, well, what's that going to look like, and how far do we go? Then are we just going to move the walls closer, move the walls back, too, right? Like, change the structure of the game completely. I, I get it. I think we've bitten off a little bit more than we can chew today, which is good. I didn't think that this conversation was going to take off like this, and I'm glad that it did. Uh, Tony in Sparta says, Problem with baseball is that 70% of games are early afternoon weekday games when the average person is at work. No, Okay, some are. 70 percents is a little steep, isn't it? It's not 70%. I think they have Wednesday afternoon games, which I love. I love afternoon games. Sunday afternoon games are choice, but then again, no one's working. Sunday afternoon games, great. You go to church, you do your errands in the morning, whatever. You come home, you make a nice lunch. Sun's coming in through the windows. It's summer, happy to be alive. And there's baseball on the TV, and you get Bill Schroeder and The Rock and Brian Anderson. And it's just the soundtrack to your Sunday. And it gets the week started on a good note, right? So afternoon baseball is great, but I get when you're at work, it's tough. Also, my job is to just watch the brewery game. So when they play in the afternoon, I just sit here and watch while getting ready for the show. So it actually, for me, it's a pretty good way to kill the work day. Back to the phones we go, 608 Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
6: Hi, Grant. How are you? This is Kent. How are you? Oh,
1: Kent. I am swell. How about yourself?
6: Good. Yeah, I hear that the Packers have got a six-year deal for Aaron Rodgers for $300 million.
2: Where did you hear that, Kent? I heard that, I heard that on the... Uh, Oh, uh, this Evan Sheffer report on the NFL Network today. He said that uh, he's got he's got a good good source that the Packers are going to give him a six year deal. I'm like, wow, I don't think they want Jordan Love no more.
1: Yeah, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? I. But then there are other people can think that the that the Packers are putting this out there, so they show that they're doing everything they can to get Rodgers back. And then when Rodgers doesn't come back, right, we can't blame the Packers. Right, so the Packers are just showing well, us we're trying, we're trying to get right. Do right. you know what I mean?
2: I love, uh, I love Aaron Rodgers. I hope and pray that he can play as many more years as he can because, uh, uh Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre, and we don't need Jordan Love. He,
6: he can go to smaller <laughs> teams. God bless you. Love you, Grant.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ken. I appreciate the call. Now, I didn't hear six years or whatever number Kent said, but there was a report this morning quote unquote report. It came via an ESPN push notification, which I didn't even know that I had turned on. It's like a couple of weeks ago when there was a squall on Friday night and we all got alerts on our phones and we're like, what the hell? Remember that? It was very similar. Rob Domofsky this morning had a report. Well, I didn't even look at it. I just read the push notification. That said, Aaron Rodgers has contract offer from the Packers that could alter quarterback market. To which I tweeted, trying to take the spotlight away from Chris Middleton today. <laughs> Just terrible. A truly disgusting act. That is a disgusting act. I, I love that sound effect so much. I just work it into conversations with my friends. So my roommate who's been on the show, I have to tell the story because it makes me laugh. Um, it's really stupid, but it makes me laugh. So my roommate he has been on the show, he's at Gianobli on Twitter. He works for the lacrosse loggers, and sometimes I'll have him on to talk baseball. And he, he texted me the other night. I'm going to pull it up. He texted me the other night. Hey fellas, having a having a really rough night, and I said, oh, "Buddy, what's going on?" And he said, "Can't believe it! Randy Moss just mooned the crowd at Lambeau. What a disgusting act!" That is a disgusting act. And now that's a joke that I'm gonna use on people. Grant, how you doing? Not good. Randy Moss just exposed himself to the Lambeau faithful, and that's a truly disgusting act. That
5: is
6: a disgusting
1: act. <laughs> It's even related to what we're talking about. It just makes me laugh. Sorry. 608-796-2558. One more call before we go to break. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
6: Uh, this is Daryl speaking.
1: Daryl. Daryl Foss. Daryl, what's going on?
6: Well, I, I've been hearing all the bit about the uh, shift bet, and, and I'm going to put my two cents in just because. Heck, yeah. The gentleman that spoke earlier spoke about how the center fielder uh, would move around as far as it goes. He already does. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. already move. They already move left fielder in the in the left center gaps. They move the center fielder over as far as they want to, or they'll move the right fielder and the center fielder over depending on which side they had the ball. The ideal situation is this: you leave the two guys on the, the two infielders on the one side, the mm-hmm. two two on the other side. You have the second base be. The primary spot, mm-hmm. and it, they don't cross over until the ball is hit. Yeah, I like that. And once the ball is hit, then the second baseman can cross over to, to left field, or the shortstop can cross over to, to right field and help make the play. Yeah, normally they have to cover the bag in the case of one or the other. Yeah, so we get back to fundamental baseball in that sense, and I mean that in the sense, fundamental baseball. Yeah, moving the shift in has done nothing more than help the analytics. And all those people that have uh, been paid for that position for years. And then you know, in the last I would say ten years. Yeah. The real issue to the real issue to me is that, okay, we know uh, girls dig the girls dig the long ball. Yeah, We've they heard do. that for <laughs> God knows how long. Okay. Yeah, they do. So if chicks dig the long ball and guys don't know how to bunt, apparently, apparently pitchers don't have that have that problem either. So what we need is is either when you get back to spring training, if we ever do, um, we need to teach basic, fundamental baseball again, so that and and the fans have to adjust to the fact that it, not every ball is going to be a home run. Yes, and that's what I think is the other issue: fans' expectations. And as a result of this shifting bit, all it's done is reduced. It's, it's even worse than fan expectation. There should be a person in the sense of that is that they expect them now they have to hit it out of the park in order to avoid anybody on the field.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Insteading instead of You get what I'm saying? Yeah, instead of hitting it to where they ain't, which is what they used to do, right? Find some green and put the ball there. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. I I think there's a way there's a way in which we can like not ban the shift, but you can shift a little bit, but not shift too much, right? If you want to tilt to the infield a little bit one way, all right, but don't go crazy, right? You can't have an extra outfielder on the grass, right? It, the, the shortstop and the third base, you got to stay on the second base side, right? Like there, there should be ways to to have a little right. bit of a use
6: here. the base, use the base as the means as where the line is drawn. You don't have to draw any lines out there. Use, the, I mean, a home plate umpire knows directly where second base is. Yeah. Yeah, and he knows if it if it goes right from there. It's that I can say it's it's that simple to fix that problem. I mean, wait till I mean, just like on a free throw, you can't move until you're until the ball is released mm-hmm. or the ball is hit. It's you know shot and put in toward the rim. Same thing with baseball. Unless the ball is hit, uh, as far as it goes, there's no movement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no reason to move until the ball is hit. I like
1: that. You know, in uh, and, in Church League softball, you can't leave the base until the ball makes contact with the bat. So us casual softball players, we even understand this idea. You can't move until the ball's hit. It's not that hard.
6: Right. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's it's so simple. I, I can't believe how simple the uh, solution is. I'm still saying, yes, baseball players need to learn how to bunt, but then fans have to also reduce that expectation. That's yeah. the other thing that I think is, is the biggest uh, harm in all this as far as it goes. The shift has done more harm in the sense of, of pushing that expectation even higher that you have to hit it out of the ballpark in order to avoid all everybody over there. Yeah.
5: That's,
6: and that's, I mean, it's taken away the doubles, it's taken away the triples, it's taken away, I mean, the best part of, of, of not Miller Park anymore, yeah. um, American Family Field, is that where Robin Young helped design the doubles and triples alleys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, it's taken away a lot of those kind of things because it, it, all that shifting is going on. And I, I'm, that's what only upsets me more is, is that we have a great ballpark. We have a really, you know, at times really good team. But, it, but all the shifting and all this stuff with analytics has gone too far as far as being able to enjoy the game as much.
1: Well, I like this call, Daryl. I appreciate you calling in. I got to go. Oh, uh, so I you never heard from you this morning. We got to talk more as the baseball season goes along. So thanks for the call. Let's not have this be the last call.
6: Oh, well, thank you. Uh,
1: <laughs> you have a good day. Yeah, you as well. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you for the call. 608 eight seven nine six two I'm with Daryl. I think the most exciting part of baseball, home runs are great. But the most exciting thing, especially when you're there, is when you get a double or a triple. And, you know, that ball swinging a drive into the gap, and it's down. You get down. And, and they're running around the bases. They're flying around. Like, that's... That's the ticket. Home runs great, but ow, oh, when you got runners in the bases, a base is clearing, ringing double. Oh, that's choice. That's what we want. And we don't get enough of that because it's home runs and strikeouts. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show, sorry I clicked the wrong song. We already listened to that song today. No repeats. A couple of texts to get to baseball is taking off. Spring is officially sprung because we have people talking about fundamentals and bunting. Spring is here, folks. Mike and Eau Claire loved everything caller Zach said last week. Wore the shirts in the minors, hit them where they ain't, (laughs) let them play where they want. Uh, a second shorter season, uh, or a shorter season would ruin the record books. There was an asterisk for Maris because it was 162 instead of Ruiz 154 for 61 bombs. Yeah, why are we talking about shortening the season? I like baseball. I'm a fan of baseball. I like watching baseball. Why are we then going to get rid of baseball? I don't want less baseball. I like baseball. So why would we have less of it? I, I don't like that. Rockin' Rick. Uh, what is this? Look up Nomar Jakubara. Is that how you say that? His in-between pitch rituals were unreal. They would have uh, would have time for the batters, too. FYI, I love bloodies. Okay, another Team Bloody Mary guy. I, oh, by the way, Dave is arguing with himself when he says that the Bloody Mary is not a manly drink. He's the only one who feels this way. Like, we're not we're not doing a team thing, like Team Bloody and Team... No, Dave is on an island. Also, Dave texted and says the center fielder would come in and play as the fifth infielder on each side of the field. Yeah, they would have to put something in the rule to make sure that the center fielder can't do that. Like, Rob Manfred might appear as kind of a bozo. I don't think he's that much of a bozo. He's a bozo, but I don't I don't think he's that much of a bozo. Oh, we'll just fix the infielders from shifting, and then that problem will be solved. But also, if you bring in an outfielder, you're now kind of in a tough spot. You only have two outfielders playing deep. It's a little different moving your third baseman against a lefty than it is moving your center fielder and now giving up a lot of real estate, especially in some of these bigger ballparks where there's a lot of room in the outfield. And I believe that was Daryl who said double alley and triple alley, right? If you only have two outfielders out there to patrol that space because you use your center fielder as a rover, well, now you're putting yourself in a tough spot. It's a lot of ground to cover for only two guys, especially if one of them is a little slower. Like, let's say Avi Garcia's playing right field, Christian Yelich is in left, Kane's in center, well, if you bring Kane in to be a rover, now you're expecting Avi Garcia to cover half of the outfield. And I know he's not in the Brewers anymore. I'm just using his, him as an example. because, Or Kyle Schwarber. Like guys who are good athletes, but they're not speedy, cover lots of ground type fielders, right? I don't know. That'd be interesting too. We'll talk more about baseball tomorrow. I didn't realize that people would be the same to talk about it. So we'll discuss it more tomorrow. Heck yeah. Mark it down. Perry Goldstein going to be here Wednesday to talk Packers and give us a concert review from a show she went to on Friday. It's coming up tomorrow. And maybe, just maybe, rumors of an Aaron Rodgers thing tomorrow. I don't know. But if so, we'll talk about it. Be back tomorrow starting at 4. Be here.